Welcome to Watermark's Church Leadership Podcast, a conversation with church leaders for church leaders. I'm your host, Adam Tarno, joined as always by my co-host, John McGee. John, why don't you let the audience know what we got in store today? Adam, today we are talking about communicating with clarity. Clarity, we my favorite in, word. We brought in a subject matter expert. We did. <laughs> we brought in you. And you're looking at and it. it. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> so it, it really is fun to sit with someone who's gone way down the rabbit hole on a topic. And so I feel like this is the thing you think and dream about. This is uh, some guy sit around and dream about their golf game. You yeah. Know? No, uh, not me. And it's all about communication uh, yeah. with you. And so, I like it. Uh, so we're going to talk about um, kind of communication and how to do so clearly yeah. uh, today, which is a great topic uh, for leaders. But uh, I've heard you give some of these thoughts before, and I <laughs> I love the way you open uh, and some of the, the funny stories that you share. So take it from here. Yeah. So I, I love talking about this topic and always opening with this. It's this uh, like cake fails, okay? or Cake Rex or something like that. There's an Instagram account out there or something like that. I don't recommend you go look at it. But uh, if you Google just some funny cake fails, you can find some funny images out there. And what this is, these, these are people that go to Target or Walmart or their local grocery store and they're getting a birthday cake. And you're communicating to the person what you want to have on the birthday cake. And then it it shows the, the picture of what they actually get. So they have these expectations of what they expect it to look like. And then when they pick it up, it looks completely different. And so some of my favorite ones are, and these are ones we can describe without people Googling it. So there's just imagine a, a sheet cake, a white sheet cake with balloons on it and all this kind of stuff. And it's a white sheet cake. And then in red icing, it just says the words, my little pony. Right? And it's like, you could totally see how that was a miscommunication. A mom or a dad is going, oh, it's my three-year-old daughter's birthday and she wants my little pony on there. Or a picture of my little pony. Uh, yeah. yeah. And that's what they intended. Yeah. Uh, but they just said, somebody just wrote down my little pony. The next shift, two days later, just picks up the sheet of paper and is like, well, I'll just write my little pony on here. And so uh, little ones like that, one that says, uh, you know, happy birthday, Gary in purple. It like literally just says all of those words. Uh, one of my favorite ones is this little circle cake and it just says happy birthday with no frilly stuff, but it doesn't say stuff. <laughs> so it's just, it's just, it's hilarious. So anyway, it's, uh, you know, it just reminds me that miscommunication has consequences. It has consequences. <laughs> and it's really funny when it doesn't happen to you. It's funny <laughs> to laugh at other, somebody else's miscommunication, but man, it is not funny when it happens to us. I think we've all felt that frustration. I just imagine those people picking up those cakes and going, oh my gosh, I just paid fourteen ninety five for this thing. And now I'm going to have to take it home. My daughter's going to be in tears or Gary is going to look at this cake that says his name in purple with the words. It's, uh, it's frustrating. Okay. So other than uh, the obvious cheap laughs yes. uh, that we've just got, yeah. why in the world does this even matter for leadership and for the people that are listening today? Absolutely. I mean, I think communication is one of a leader's most important tools. Yeah. It's one of their most important skills. Yep. And, uh, and the reason is because you're, when you're leading, you're leading people. Uh, if you don't have people that you're leading, then you're just, what does John Maxwell say? You're just out taking a walk. Taking and so walk. you're going to have to know how to communicate to mobilize people. And, you know, we talk a lot about vision and, uh, inspiring people and that's what leaders need to do. And, uh, and one of the most inspiring things in the world is clarity. So it's great to have heroic vision, but sooner or later, uh, that preferred future that you want people to march towards, you're going to have to let them know exactly what steps they need to take. And that's going to take clarity. And so I think leaders, we want to be able to communicate well. It's an important skill. And we need to be able to do that with clarity to be able to inspire people to take the actions that they need to take. And so if we're not clear, then 
I mean, really the work of the church can come to a grinding halt. Sometimes it's, it's people are not going to be discipled. Uh, the gospel is not going to be shared. Uh, new initiatives are not going to be started if we don't know how to communicate with clarity. And so sometimes it's good yep. just to hone in on a, on a very narrow topic. And that's what we hope to do yeah. today. Yeah. So we're going to share, I've got, you know, four five, six principles that we'll talk about that will hopefully uh, be really helpful. That's great. I was thinking about a leader that I was around uh, years and years ago. And after he got done speaking, everybody always would say the same thing, man, I'm so excited right now. Yeah. I just have no idea what to do. No clue what to do. <laughs> and so you don't want to be that. So yeah. you've got five. But that tweet I just sent really sounds cool too, <laughs> right? <laughs> but I don't know what to do with all that. Yeah. yeah. So you've got kind of five or six thoughts here. So why don't you go ahead and jump in? Yeah. It. Let's put two principles. Let's do two for one, because I, I think this is um, more attitudinal principles that if we want to be clear, there's two attitudes that we need to adopt. And number one is we need to properly define the problem. And number two is we need to become listener focused. And so the problem Let's talk about that one first. I think the problem in, in any sort of communication dysfunction, we've got to assume we are the problem, right? That, that you as the leader initiating the communication, you've just got to assume you're not nearly as great as your dog thinks you are. And so you've got to be humble. So mm-hmm. There's got to be some mm-hmm. humility and understanding. I probably am not as clear as I think I am at times. And so I need, I need to own that attitude. And when you own that attitude, I think it will help you to be more clear when you realize that this is something I need to work on. I'm not operating out of a gift or a strength right now. I'm operating out of some weakness. So I want to be really clear with this and, and work on okay, it. Okay, great. So if, if my audience is not picking up what I'm talking about, the issue is me. It's not yeah. that they're slow or, you know, uh, it's just that I'm not being clear. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. just assuming yeah. that. So just humbly assuming that. And then the other attitude here with being listener focused is just to be empathetic towards the process uh, of listening or, or just how difficult listening is. And so you and I were talking before we hit record a couple of weeks ago, there was a day, one of those days where it was like from 8 a.m. until almost 5 p.m. was just nonstop meetings. And I was so exhausted that day going home. And as I was driving home, I was like, why was I so exhausted? Was it was it just being around people all day, being a natural introvert? And I really don't think it was that. I was in meetings with people who I liked and were my friends and are usually very uh, energy giving and energizing. And I, I put my finger on it as I, you know, by the time I got home was I just had to listen all day. I, I was not the center of the attention for most of those meetings. I, mm-hmm. I wasn't the one doing most of the talking. It was, I'd ask some questions and then just have to listen. And all day from eight to five, it was just listening all day. And, and it just reminds me that listening is exhausting. It yep. is exhausting to the brain to have to process information all day. And the brain is constantly looking for an easy button, looking for the path of least resistance. And listening is anything but the path of least resistance. So as leaders, when we're communicating, we just need to to keep, we just need to be empathetic for how That's difficult good. it is uh, to listen to us. And so I think, I think being humble, to recognize we're the problem, being empathetic, which all of that will change our approach and uh, help us to hopefully communicate with more clarity. That's good. And I, you know, one of the things about being leader focused is understanding that oftentimes, um, whatever you're going to share, you've been living with for a really long time There you go. and the person that you're sharing it with has heard it for the very first time. And so I saw this this morning in a meeting and with some really complex ideas that we'd been living with for a while and kind of shared them <laughs> with some people who yeah. hadn't, hadn't been in the same rooms that we, we were in and I just glazed over. They're like, I, I think this is right. I think I believe this. 
I'm just going to need some time to metabolize this. Yeah. You know, let me get back with you. So I think that's part of it. A lot of times you've been studying something, you've been dreaming about something, you went away on vacation for a week and came back with this great, and you know, you've been taking walks on the beach and thinking about this and you come yeah. back and you go, guys, this is amazing. And they look at you and go, I, I'm not really sure what you're talking about. Yeah. And uh, I don't, I don't quite get it. And being listener focused in that instance would be just to bring them along the journey that you've been on yeah. as well. Which yeah. really leads into this third principle about uh, one of the ways that we can really maybe even increase a letter grade in our ability to communicate with clarity is learning how to to use a basic structure when we're talking. So, John, you have uh, four kids. I've got two kids. And we can all remember when they were five, six, seven years old telling a story. I mean, have you, you've heard first graders tell stories, right? How, how would you describe the way a first grader tells a story? Um, just confusing. Is that yeah. what you mean? Yeah. yeah. It's like the, the, um, the details don't uh, make sense. They've not, they're not germane at <laughs> no. all to, uh, uh, to the story and you're left, you know, up to your own devices to figure out what in the world truly was going yeah, on. It's like but, somebody yeah. just dumped a trash can on your desk and said, put all that together. Right. <laughs> it'll be, it, it'll be something beautiful. Trust yes, me. Yeah. It's really cute. Uh, as a first grader, when they tell a story, it's just really hard to listen to. And you know, what, what first graders don't understand is that all of their thoughts are not nearly as organized as they think they are. And unfortunately we don't really outgrow that. I mean, I still think left to our own devices, most of our thoughts are just, they're just flying around in our brain. And, um, and so to take those thoughts and then get them into the mind or the brain of somebody else is going to require a bridge. And, and what that bridge is going to need to be is I'm going to make the argument is just some structure, Mm -hmm. just some structure to go, how can I make this easy for the listener to understand exactly what it is that I'm saying? I mean, structure's everywhere. It's in movies, it's in television shows, it's in, um, uh, songs, you know, it starts, it goes, you know, verse, verse, chorus, verse, verse, and movies always start with a big bang. They introduce a problem, then they solve the problem and they wrap it up and novels kind of follow that. So structure's everywhere and it just, it generates clarity. Yep. And so, yeah. uh, so here's a couple of structures that we could think about as leaders. And I'm, I'm not talking about preaching and teaching right now. We could talk about that. This is a lot of this conversation is all about one-on-one conversations, team meetings that leaders would focus on. Yep. Or have. And so here's, here's number one would be, here's a simple structure. Here's the problem. Here's the solution. Here's the problem. Here's the solution. So to your point that you just added with that meeting this morning, you've been thinking about a problem for weeks and weeks and weeks, and you finally have a solution as leaders, we get so excited and we just want to go in and communicate the solution right away. And I think what we would do to not sound like a first grader is no first start reminding people what the problem is. Hey, the problem is this process doesn't work. Our first time visitors are not being followed up on uh, in a timely manner, or uh, it's becoming more and more difficult for members to find places to serve. Just define the problem, remind people, hey, remember the problem we're trying to solve right now is this. Now here's the solution. Just a little structure like that can help be a little bit more listener focused. That's right. Yeah. So a lot of our, I feel like a lot of our meetings start here at Watermark. Someone will announce this is a problem I'm trying to solve. Yep. Um, and conversely, if it's if it's not announced and someone just starts talking, someone will generally raise their hand and go, "What what problem are we trying to to solve? Yes. Interesting ideas." What are we trying to solve? And so I, I do think that's a really helpful uh, structure because people then can begin to think with you about solutions. And then even like, you know, if you want to level up and just be compelling, uh, it's more than a problem. It's it's an enemy. Yeah. You know, here's something terrible that will happen if we don't get this right. You know, um, and we can't let that happen. Therefore, we need to do X. Yeah. And, and I'm not talking about existential threats, you know, but something that will um, that will cause to people not being discipled or, uh, you know, families not being um, 
what they're supposed to be. Any, any of those kind of things are, are enemies that can be fought. Yep. And so rather than just kind of interesting ideas, if you can, you know, have a problem, but even better, if you have an, an enemy uh, that you're trying to solve, that really leads people to kind of bring out their best. Yeah. And it doesn't make the meeting much longer. You're right. just adding one or two sentences to it just to frame it back up, remind people it's just a little, you're just being empathetic towards them. Let's, let's put some structure on there. So problem solution. Another one that definitely is in the life of a leader is giving feedback, like in developing people or having hard conversations, especially in pastoral ministry. And so here would be a structure. Here's my intent. Here are my thoughts. Here's my intent. That's here good. are my thoughts. That's and good. so that old adage about the Oreo cookie approach or the sandwich uh, sandwich approach to hard conversations, which is say something nice, say something hard, say something nice. I, I know we've talked about this in a past episode, but it's worth reiterating. I, I think that sandwich approach is almost helpful. And I think what makes it really helpful to the life of a leader is not say something good, then hard, then good. It's declare your intent. Say something that hard and uh, could be hard, could be just challenging, whatever it is. So declare your intent, say something difficult, and reiterate your intent. Okay. And that, that's, a, I think, a little bit more helpful way of like, hey, John, if uh, I want to have a great working relationship with you, I know that you, uh, you are working so hard. I've got one piece of feedback that I think would help you. And again, I'm not saying this to drive a wedge between us. I'm saying this because I care about you and I care about this relationship. So just intent, something difficult and reiterate the intent. I think that's a structure that takes the thoughts that you have and uh, it makes it a little bit easier to understand for the listener. That's good. Yeah. So, hey, walk into a, a meeting. You guys, today I want to talk about this. Yep. And so now everybody's, their brains are moving that way. You talk about it and then say, hey, just, you know, in summary, here's what we discussed. Yeah. Whatever. And That's my it, intent yeah. with this is not to, Blake does this really well with some changes that he's trying to implement here uh, on the Dallas campus. He'll, he'll always go, guys, I don't think the sky's falling. I'm not mad at anybody. Uh, I don't think anything's necessarily wrong. I just think we can do better. Therefore, what if we think about this? Again, the sky's not falling. Just a simple structure that makes it really, really clear and is really helpful. So what's the problem? What's the solution? Uh, here's my intent. Here are my thoughts. And then another one that would uh, would be, uh, here's my expectations and here's what my observations were. So, okay. hey, I expected that you would do this. I observed this. Uh, can you help me fill in the gap between my expectations and my observations? Great way to just keep the conversation it really, you're trying to keep the conversation safe mm-hmm. at that point and try mm-hmm. to be clear so that we can get down uh, to what it is that we really need to be talking about. So those are just three ways to try to incorporate some structure. And I will put one qualifier on this, John. A lot of times in leaders, like things are just moving fast in the life of a leader. And so sometimes you don't have the time. Somebody maybe presents a problem in a meeting with no solutions and the team needs to get together right then and there to talk about the solution. Yep. And so there's sometimes where we just need to talk. We need to actually sound like a first grader and just go, I'm just going to let my <laughs> thoughts just start flying around right now. And I'm going to hop from here to here and here. I think one thing we can do to be clear there is just to telegraph when you're doing that. Yep, hey right. guys, I'm just going to talk free form here for about, for about five minutes. I'm just going to go, hold on. I bet there'll be something in here. Just telegraphing that. So people no. Okay. I'm just going to listen to them and then we'll try to find some patterns out of that. I found that to be really helpful. That's really good. Yeah. So again, that, that is back to your signaling intent yep. here. Here's, <clears throat> I don't have it all worked out yet, mm-hmm. but let me just kind of ideate and think through. Let's, let's all uh, jump on this together, which is really good. Um, that you clear. I, I love that you said that Adam, because I think some of the, the greatest frustration I've caused, uh, and people is when they're not sure if they're supposed to action, whatever it is that we were talking yeah. about. Yeah. And so, um, you know, you've had that 
you know, two weeks later I was, I was working on this thing and I'm like, Oh no, I, I didn't mean you needed to work on it. I was just kind of thinking out loud. Yeah. You should be clear, uh, which is which, which is uh, I'm thinking, I'm dreaming, I'm what ifing or you no, know, like this, we, we all need to rally around this thing. It yep. just needs to be clear. And so, uh, clarity will be your friend if everyone walks out of the room or out of the meeting or whatever it is, uh, and understands what's actionable and then what is, well, let's just kind of be thinking about that. Yeah. Yeah. Just telegraphing can be really helpful. All right. Fourth, fourth principle I'd say is this, is to say it and illustrate it. Um, and, and here's what I mean by this is I think a leader's secret weapon to be more clear is stories, illustrations, and metaphors. Um, we talked about the brain likes the easy button Mm -hmm. and brain, the brain loves stories, pictures, illustrations, metaphors. That's why you can sit in a movie theater and the temperature's perfect and you're in a comfy chair and the lights go down, but you are alive when you're watching the movie, right? You, it, it, that's an environment that is conducive to taking a nap, <laughs> but we stay alert throughout the entire movie. And the reason we stay alert throughout the entire movie is because our brains are firing on all cylinders because we love stories. We're trying to figure out where's it going? What's the meaning? What's going on here? It's engaging. And so as leaders, we need to use stories, illustrations, metaphors. So a fancy word here uh, would be like beginning to use schemas a little bit more. A schema is really just another way to talk. Jesus did this with parables. Here's something that's familiar to you. And I'm going to use what's familiar to describe something new to you. And so... Uh, from the business world, from the industry world, schemas would be used a lot out in Silicon Valley. One of the famous ones would be when Warby Parker was looking to get some mm-hmm. venture capital money. They always described themselves as this. They said, we are Netflix for eyeglasses. So they were taking something that was familiar to everyone and then saying, that's who we are. We're kind of like that. You go online, you select something, it shows up in the mail. Real quickly with one sentence, everybody had a visual picture of what this organization did. And so uh, I was even on Facebook uh, a couple of weeks ago, scrolling through, and there was an advertisement for some men's uh, clothing company I'd never heard of, and they just said, "We are the Tesla of pants." <laughs> and I was like, "That's <laughs> I'm ridiculous." Not sure what that means. I bought three pairs, <laughs> but it's uh, here's what I assume it is: is it's high tech materials, you know, that are that are uh, well designed or something like that, yeah. and. Um, so that probably just means they're moisture wicking and stretchy expensive. Yeah. And expensive. That's exactly what it is. They so. get you. Um, that's good. I think, um, I'm thinking about the way that a, a metaphor can carry the message. Yep. And so, uh, you can deliver a message with a metaphor and that metaphor then holds the entire message, totally. even though you only share just that metaphor. Yes. And so we could, I bet you we could sit here and, and go for hours. The, the first one that came to mind early in the life of our church, you know, Todd stood up. Uh, most churches are talking about being missional and serving others and uh, being involved in the community, not making church about us, all those kind of things. And he just said, you know what, guys, we are not a cruise ship. We're a battleship. There you go. And he went on to explain it, you know, and so there was, there's the whole message there and there's a, a video that, you know, uh, that kind of carried that message. But but at any point after that, you could walk into a meeting, you could stand in front of a room and you could say, Whoa, oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. Remember, we're, we're a battleship, not a cruise ship. Yes. And so we're, everyone's got a station. No one walks around and yeah. asks for their drink to be refilled yep. here or catered to. Like everyone, everyone mans something and we are on mission together. This isn't, we're not here uh, just to be uh, entertained. And so you don't even have to give that whole message. You just lay out that metaphor and it's crystal clear yes. what needs to happen there. And so, uh, so God could have written pages and pages and pages Correct. of, okay, so here's how we're going to serve. And here's how we're going to think right. about this. Here's how we're going to think about that. But what was clear was the picture. 
right? right? And uh, and it has carried on for 20 years and will continue. It still carries weight. It still works. And so, again, that's a that's an easy, that's a secret weapon for a leader of just what is a story, an illustration, a metaphor, something like this. I mean, my wife and I, with our family, we were getting some work done to our house and living somewhere for 11 weeks and uh, trying to figure out how are we going to help our kids get mm-hmm. through this, being uprooted. And so we came up with a schema. We just said, uh, boys, uh, this 11 weeks is going to be like driving to vacation. And so what's it like to drive to vacation? It's uh, you, you travel the same number of miles when you're driving home. Uh, it can be, there can be traffic jams, there are pit stops, there's uh, ups and downs. You get bored, you get frustrated. You maybe don't feel well, but you're excited because you know, there's something at the end. You still have vacation. It's worth it. And so that was just a little schema that helped us a metaphor that helped us make it uh, through that. So as leaders, just developing your database of stories, metaphors, illustrations, stories from your ministry, uh, metaphors, and things that you see like the cruise ship battleship, um, different things that you've seen in television shows or movies or commercials, something like that. Just, uh, it really helps with clarity. It's really good. Right. Really good. Number five would be this simple language and short sentences. Um, I, I don't know if we've talked about this on the podcast before. I'll just assume we haven't, but Toastmasters, the organization that teaches people how to speak in public has, uh, has like a competition. I don't know if you knew that they do championships, world championships, which right. is fascinating to me that they do that. Have you ever watched any video? I could see I've you see, maybe. Looking, yeah, yeah, this I is a safe you, place. Yeah. I I've watched one or two. Yeah. All right. So Toastmasters. So what they did is they wanted to study these speeches and they took 15 years worth of championship winning speeches, ran them through an algorithm and they found something really interesting. And here's what they found is they found that the, uh, the average grade level that would understand these speeches was a low of about third grade and a high of about l- just a little under eighth grade. Wow. Wow. So they were written to uh, like in the average nine year old to 14 or 15 year old would be able to understand these. And to be clear, it had nothing to do with the topics of the speeches. It wasn't like, well, there were five championship winning speeches on Pokemon cards and then another three on how to decorate your locker. And so, yeah, that's which, the age range there. Which would be an amazing challenge. It would to, be. To, if to you can deliver. win, we'll issue that challenge. If you're in Toastmasters, if you can win talking about Pokemon cards, John will come out and watch you in your competition. So, uh, And so here's what we can learn from that. And, and the reason why, though, they were written for that grade level or that grade level could understand it, it had everything to do with simple language and short sentences. They weren't using massive words and they weren't communicating in long, uh, long sentences. So it was just four or five word sentences, short, simple, right to the point. So I think for us, if we want to be clear, less is best. It's good. Right. If that, that helps with clarity is just saying less. Yeah. So I think a lot of times we can, um, forget that the goal is clarity, which leads to action. And we want to be impressive. There you go. And That's that, really that, well said. that really works against us. If we're trying to use big words and fancy concepts, there, there is a place I think to establish, Hey, I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. You know, you can trust me because I do know that so you don't want to only talk like a third grader. Yeah. Um, but if that's the only way you communicate, um, people oftentimes won't know how to then kind of action that. And yeah. so that's, that's really, yeah, really that's good. a great question to ask there. I like how you said that as a leader, do you want people to walk away impressed by what you know or, or inspired towards action? Mm-hmm. And I yeah. think we would want to pick the other one, right? Yeah. We'd want to be inspired, inspire our people towards yeah. action. Not mutually exclusive, but a lot of times we spend so much time trying to be impressive that um, it works against us. Yeah. 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 Recent article I read, I think put this out there, which is helpful. It's just because it's a number 40 second sound burst. 
which you and I were talking about uh, how smart somebody sounds when they can answer a question yes. in 30 seconds. Yeah. That's why all those people on NPR and CNN or Fox News, the little talking heads, why they sound so smart most of the time is because they're asked a complex question and they answer it with confidence and clarity in 30 to 40 seconds. And so just good to keep in mind as leaders that uh, sometimes we just need to be a little bit shorter and the shorter we are, that can be that can help us uh, to be more clear. And it takes a lot of time to be able to do that. And I uh, was sharing this recently with a, with a group and one of the uh, guys in the group came up to me and said, Hey, Adam, I'm getting better at making my emails more clear and shorter and writing shorter sentences mm-hmm. and simple mm-hmm. words, but I'm, I'm still struggling to do that in my team meetings or in one-on-one client meetings. And so what are some ways I can maybe get better at that when I'm live in front of somebody And it was a good little challenge to think about. And I just said, hey, I think the same thoughtfulness you're putting into your emails, you need to start to think about doing that before you get into a situation where you're in a team meeting or in front of a client is uh, just pre-live those meetings a little bit. Just think about it, prepare. And so some of the ways you would encourage a communicator, a preacher, a teacher, hey, prepare for your message that's going to help you be clearer. Uh, We can start to do that. Probably as leaders, we could do that a little bit better rather than just walking into a meeting and winging it which there's definitely time for that. And that can be fantastic. Just pre-live it a little bit. What are some things I want to make sure I say here? And hopefully that'll help with brevity. That's good. So yeah, anytime you have one of those guys answer, you know, or gals on TV and they, they're asked a complex question and they've got a succinct, powerful 40 second answer. That means they've gotten that question a hundred times yeah. and they've been able to kind of rehearse that. And so, uh, so that's great. If you're going to deliver a, a message repeatedly, you'll, you'll get that, you the benefit of, of doing that. But, um, if, if not, uh, uh, probably the only way around that is either to rehearse it, you know, either verbally or kind of in your mind. And so this is how I'd say it. I don't like that. Let me start, let me say it this way. Yeah. This is how I should say it. Yes. I think, I think that makes sense. That's clear. Right. Rather than just letting the first, uh, first time anything is any thoughtfulness has been given to it be right there in the moment. That's really, really Absolutely. good. So simple language, short sentences. And then I'll, I'll close with this last one is I think that'll help with clarity is uh, to ask a different question when we're done talking and, you and I were laughing a little bit. I mean, what is the most common question we usually ask after we've been explaining something for a period of time? Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. And I think what would be really great is I'd, I'd love to maybe uh, put up there that we, we kind of old yeller uh, that phrase oh, a little no. bit and uh, maybe think about a different question we could, we could ask. So let's dissect that question for a second. What is wrong with that question? What would maybe be some things wrong with that question? Well, I would never do this, but I've seen others <laughs> do this. They, uh, they're generally not sure that it was uh, clear, but they know if they ask that question, the audience will always go, uh, Oh yes, that, that was, that yeah. was clear. So it's, it's a, there's a, a close cousin is, was that helpful? Yeah. And, uh, so someone will go, I don't know if that was helpful. And what do people, they always go, Oh no, oh. no, no, it was helpful. It was helpful. Yeah. Yeah. It, it made me, yeah, it, it really did. It, it helped a lot. So I, I think we asked that question. Yeah. Cause when we're in the middle of our soundbite, that's going longer than 40 seconds, we're getting confused. <laughs> and what we're really asking is, um, you know, Hey, are you willing to do the work that I didn't do to make sense of a lot of that? And, and really what I think it does is it puts the person who is being asked that question, it puts them on their heels and now it produces uh, if if they don't understand, they have to do something that's really vulnerable. They have to admit no, which they, and they generally won't. Yeah, and that's a hard that's a hard thing to say. And so uh, it could make them per- feel shame if it's especially if they're like, well, this should make sense. This is about my job, and I think I've heard him or her say this multiple times. And so I think there's some alternatives that I'd love to to just throw out there for ways to ears. ask that question. And so another way to to ask that that doesn't force a yes or no would be, I'm curious to know what do you hear me saying right now. 
So that is inviting a dialogue. That is not saying trying to catch somebody doing something wrong. It's not try, It's not a yes or no. It's just, hey, repeat back to me. What, what do you think I'm saying? I'm curious to know what you hear me saying. Um, I think yes. another question you could ask rather than does that make sense is what can I explain better? And, and in that question, there's some empathy in there or some, uh, excuse me, there's some vulnerability and humility in there of just going, I, I'm not always as great as I think I am. Back to that first principle. Of, I'm, I know sometimes I'm the problem. Often I'm the problem. So what can I explain better? Cause I know I probably missed something. That's good. You know, I was thinking just, this is all in real time unproven, but, uh, one of the ways you could ask that is what was the least clear part of that? There you go. So they kind of have to now you've, you've, exce- you've, um, you've added you've yourself. The pump. Yeah. You've yeah. primed the pump and they need to tell you something and you're like kind of preconditioned that whole conversation for them to be able to now ask you something. Absolutely. I've never used it, but let me know how it goes. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. And then just the classic of, can you just summarize what you heard me say? Yeah, and so again, good. the qualifier on all of those is, even going first on the vulnerability, I know I'm not always as clear as I think I am. So would you just summarize back what you think I'm saying? And it just, it creates a safe conversation, a safe environment that can then lead to more clarity. I'm always amazed that when I ask people to summarize back what they heard, uh, how unclear I can be sometimes. And, uh, and it just is like, Oh, that's good. Thanks for saying that. What I meant to say was this, and it, it can maybe make the meeting go one or two minutes longer but it could save hours of Absolute. frustration absolutely. Uh, in the long run. So absolutely. So there it is. So it's properly define the problem, become listener focused, use a structure, illustrations, simple language, short sentences, ask a different question. Man, that's not a complete list of ways to get more clarity in our communication, but I think that gets us moving in the right direction. That's good. I like that you used a structure. You, you modeled everything you were just talking about Thank right you. there. Thank you. Thank well you done. very much. I'll close with this. Just that reminder that clarity is costly. Uh, New York Times interviewed Jerry Seinfeld recently and probably in the past couple of years, it's out on YouTube. You can go look at this video. It's about five minutes. It's, it's pretty good. And they just asked him his process of writing a joke. Mm-hmm. And so he told the process of writing this one joke about pop tarts, which is, I mean, just such a fun topic to, to think about. <laughs> it's a funny fir- joke. not the first time we've talked about pop tarts on that this is, podcast. That's right. That's right. So anyway, in the early on in that video, they were saying, so how do you, how do you write jokes? And here's, here's what he said. He says, I've probably been working on this joke for two years two years. And he was like kind of laughing at himself going two years. Uh, and he says, usually I write a, a bit in a couple of days. And then he just kind of outed himself. He goes, that is a long time to spend on something that means absolutely nothing. And here's the part I like that I think is helpful for us as leaders when it comes to clarity. And here's what he said, but that's what I do. That's what people want me to do. They want me to spend a lot of time wastefully so that I can waste their time. And what if you really think about it, the, uh, the part of the reason a comedian makes us laugh is because they're clear. They, they've thought through and they're using simple words and uh, short sentences and they're illustrating things and they're using a basic structure and they're really clear. And what I was inspired by with that quote is he was basically going, uh, it's worth it. The cost is worth it. Mm-hmm. It's worth it to be clear. And, and that's what people want me to do. They want me to be clear. And I think as leaders, we can, we can learn something from that. Your team, they want you to be clear. And yeah. so it's worth it to think through exactly what you're trying to say, strive for clarity, uh, bring this front and center. And, uh, and I think it'll help ultimately inspire people and move people where you want them to go. <laughs> what a challenge, man. If a guy is going to spend two years to refine his message about Pop-Tarts. It means nothing. That means absolutely nothing. Uh, we've got the message that will change the world. Amen. Uh, it's worth some extra time uh, yep. to, to bring clarity uh, to that. Absolutely. Really, really good. Absolutely. All right, John, well, we're going to take some of this and uh, all these principles and put together in a PDF that you can find in the show notes, which can be found at watermarkresources.com slash CLP. 
If you have any questions or comments on today's episode or topics you'd like for us to consider for future episodes, feel free to contact us via email. We can be reached at clp at watermark.org. If you like what you heard today, please rate and review the show. That helps people find us. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you again next time. 